Coming up, I'm going to reveal four bad habits that could be stealing your paycheck now and in the future. And then a hypocritical CEO scolds employees for not getting bonuses while she cashed hers in. I'll unpack it. Let's go. Of the people, by the people, for the people, I am a man of the people, a man who is dedicated to helping you win at work and in life. What does that mean? Simple. More money, more meaning, and more peace and enjoyment in your work. Four habits that are stealing your paycheck. I see these all the time. I hear about these all the time. And I want you to be able to understand that you can change these bad habits. And, and, and many of us have these habits not because we actually choose them. They've been chosen for us. Uh-oh. Now, be aware. This could be a Maalox moment, a Pepsid AC principle, uh, a Tums truth. This is going to make some of you uncomfortable because you love these norms. And I'm about to call some of them bad habits. So be aware, I'm doing this for you, not against you, to provoke you to think. Here we go. What are the four habits? The first, too many meetings. Oh, I thought I'd start it off as gentle as possible. Some of you people, that's all you do all day long. You're just in one meeting, after the next meeting, after the next meeting, after the next meeting, after the next meeting. You can't even focus on your current meeting because you're getting ready for the next meeting. Here's my meeting, pet peeve. There's no time to get to the next meeting without quitting this meeting early. Who am I cheating? I got to cheat somebody. Do I cheat you? You you scheduled a meeting for an hour. But now I've got another meeting at the top of the hour for an hour. Who am I cheating? I love this one. I love this report. Ken needs to be more timely. Yeah, so I do. You need to stop booking me back to back to back. I've had it. I'm taking on a character here, but you get my point. It happens to all of us. Too many meetings. Here's what I think is wrong with too many meetings. We've got a lot of decisions being discussed, but nobody's doing anything. How about we split the amount of time we talk about decisions and we gave more time to doing? How about we make decisions faster? How about we empower people to make a decision and do something about it and mean about it if it didn't work, for crying out loud? Well, it's not what we do in this world. I don't know if this is an international. Some of you folks watching on YouTube could pipe in on the comments. I really don't know, Alex, if this is an international thing or if this is exclusively American. Just sit around meeting all the time. Hey, just make a freaking decision. You know when we should meet? When we blow something up and figure out why'd we blow it up. Too many meetings. So what's the fix to this bad habit of scheduling and saying yes to too many meetings. Now, I know I'm, I got more to get to, so I got to move on. Some of you are very uncomfortable right now, so let's just assume you agree with me. I'm in too many meetings, Ken. All right, great. Here's the fix. The fix is to figure out what you're afraid of, and really it's the fear of failure. You're afraid of making a bad decision. 
you're afraid of a bad result, as opposed to saying, you know what, I've got pretty good judgment, I've got as many facts as I possibly can, and I don't need to sit around for 30 minutes to an hour to make this decision. I think it's fear of failure. But you pick your fear, I don't care what it is, but why are you always feeling like you got to have meetings? Now, maybe it's because you're in a culture that you can't make decisions. Uh-oh. And everybody's got to get a sign-off from somebody above you. If you're in a culture like that, i got to tell you right now, you're in a controlling, fearful culture. The reason they're controlling is because they're fearful. Just telling you. Why do we need a consensus all the time? Why do we need one person to always approve everything? If that leader's doing a good job of training you and equipping you, then they don't have to approve of everything. Uh-oh. Let's move on before I offend everybody watching. Here's another bad habit, always saying yes. This is this is you just constantly saying yes. You have a hard time with boundaries and saying no, I can't do that right now, or yes, but not now, whatever it is. You always feel the need to say yes. People Pleasers Anonymous would be the world's largest club if that ever existed. You need to learn how to say no. Say no in a, in a very polite way. Set some boundaries. That's the fix. Because what you're dealing with here is a fear of rejection, a fear of disappointment. If I say no, they're going to disappoint me, reject me, look over me for somebody else. The boss is piling it on. What am I supposed to do, kid? I got to say yes. No, you don't. Or you need to say no to the environment you're in and go to an environment where your boss asks for something, but when doing so has enough emotional intelligence to say, hey, can you handle this? What needs to come off of your plate in order for you to do this? How about they just how about you have a boss that knows how to read the room? Third bad habit I see isolation. Boy, I'm seeing this all over social media. I'll say something about the importance of friends at work. I'll talk about it on this show, having relationships at work because you spend most of your time at work and how important it is for you. And I'll list out all the things that people just say, no, man, I'm just, I've been burned. I've been burned. I I don't want to be friends with anybody. I just want to go in, do my job and leave. I don't want to talk to anybody. Well, it's isolation. And so when you isolate yourself, you become out of sight and out of mind. Out of sight, out of mind. Because you're so isolated, nobody's ever thinking about you. You miss opportunities. And then the fourth habit is being a prisoner to your inbox. Oh, you knew I was going to get to this one. I think this is absolutely one of the biggest bad habits in the world of work today. And people are just, will fight you over it. People think I'm crazy in this building when I say it. And I'm not going to stop saying it. By the way, Adam Baldwin's now taking it on. Or Adam Grant, sorry. Adam Grant. And it's like, you know, it doesn't take much common sense to realize that most people spend a huge chunk of their day managing freaking email messages. We send too many emails. Thus, we have too many emails to answer. We're not communicating well. It's lazy communication. You remember the game hot potato when you were a kid? It was a little game. You take a ball or something, act like it was a hot potato, and you it, you couldn't hold on to it long enough, right? You, or you get burned. So you was always passing it around to somebody else. Can I tell you that's what emails become? I'm gonna pass this to you. Then I gotta catch the next potato coming my way. It's exhausting. 
So I don't send a lot of emails, and I sure as heck don't answer any many emails. You're a prisoner of your email. Why? The fear of discomfort, of changing your rhythm to actually communicate better, to actually help people understand, I don't need all the emails. Don't send me emails. I'm not going to email you at night. I'm not going to email you in the weekend. It's a fear of discomfort, putting yourself out there, fear of rejection, fear of vulnerability. All of these, too many meetings, quick review, fear of failure. Always saying yes, fear of rejection. Isolating yourself, fear of vulnerability. Being a prisoner of email, fear of discomfort. And these are commonly held habits in the workplace, but they are holding you back from growing yourself, your responsibility, and your income. Let them go. Be free. Hey, folks, if you're enjoying the show, it's encouraging you, it's challenging you. Uh, I would love for you to help us grow. We're continuing to grow. And the best way to do that is for people like you that digest it, whether it be on YouTube or podcast, uh, for you to share it. And so please do that. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe and like uh, a video. Subscribe to the channel and like it. And then if you're listening on a, on a podcast platform, follow us and give us a five-star review. Also, parents... Uh, I'm very excited. I've been telling you this for a long time, that we are coming out with a curriculum to help you pull your kids out of the matrix. The education system in the United States is not preparing your kid for their future. They're just not. It's all about standardized testing to prove that the teachers and the principals are doing their job, and they're not actually helping kids discover their future, by and large. Like, what do I want to do? Well, I just got to get on the conveyor belt to college. Well, here comes help in the form of a home study course that you can do with your kids, do along with i got resources for parents as well. It's called Foundations in Career Discovery. It's only 50 bucks for one student for one year. It's actually $49.99. That penny matters, huh? Doesn't it? $49.99 for one student for one year. Additional students, your children, can be added for $30 a year. And you get the free teacher account for you parents uh, for or for teachers that want to use this in the classroom. Come on. Uh, additional teacher resources, student progress tracking, and a grade book. Each student will get free access to the Get Clear Assessment, which has helped hundreds of thousands of people. But now we've got the student version. What if your student knew who they were and what they were wired to do and had some clues before they ever graduated high school so they had time to do some discovery? That's what you're going to get with the Career Discovery course. It's called Foundations in Career Discovery. Go to kencoleman.com slash student, kencoleman.com slash student. Okay, <laughs> we've got ourselves another horrible boss. The latest installment in horrible bossery is uh, the CEO of Miller Knoll. It is a furniture company, and the CEO is Andy Owen, and um she was having a corporate-wide meeting, and uh, only about 90 seconds got picked up. Uh, it's now a viral sensation, and it's so easily avoidable. But I'm going to break this down uh, in a couple of ways. I'm going to show you the, the moment, and I'm going to explain how it's horrible bossery, what you leaders, those of you in leadership, if you ever get to a position like this, how do you handle bad, tough news like this? But then I also want to encourage those of you who work in a place like this, if this were to happen to you, what do you do? 
All right, that's what we're going to have. But first, let's play uh, just a clip from where she really stepped in it. Here we go. Question, Chris, and you know, a lot of questions came through about how can we stay motivated if we're not going to get a bonus? What can we do? What can we do? Some of them were nice and some of them were not so nice. So I'm going to address this head on. The most important thing we can do right now is focus on the things that we can control. None of us could have predicted COVID. None of us could have predicted supply chain. None of us could have predicted bank failures. But what we can do is stay in front of our customers, provide the best customer service we can, get our orders out our door, treat each other well, be kind, be respectful, focus on the future because it will be bright. It's not good to be in a situation we're in today, but we're not going to be here forever. It is going to get better. So lead, lead by example, treat people well, talk to them, be kind and get after it. Don't ask about what are we going to do if you don't get a bonus? Get the $26 million. Spend your time and your effort thinking about the $26 million we need and not thinking about what you're going to do if we don't get a bonus. All right? Can I get some commitment for that? I would appreciate that. I had an old boss who said to me one time, you can visit Pity City, but you can't live there. So people, leave Pity City. Let's get it done. Thank you. Have a great day. Wow, that's the equivalent of smacking somebody across the face and going, oh, by the way, I've got some nice flowers for you. I'm sorry I smacked you. All right, let's talk about what she did right, okay? I thought to myself, Alex, the thing, now again, that's just a small excerpt of what I think was about a 70-minute corporate meeting, if I read this right, um, in this New York Post article. But let me tell you what she does right. She she addresses the the company-wide complaint from people who did not get their bonuses. Now, more on the bonus thing in a minute, but what she is dealing with is a lot of backlash because people were told they weren't going to get their company bonus that they expect, they rely on. Okay? Now, I understand that companies and leaders have to make tough decisions, and cutting a bonus is a part of doing business, but the way you communicate that has got to be done right. So let's talk about what she did right, okay? So what she does say is, she says, look, um, it's going to get better. This is not forever. We're buckling down. I need you to focus on the customer, get good results. I mean, she's she's basically saying, you know, look, focus on what we can control. That was good. That's all she did was slightly positive at first, but she doesn't finish the positive message. It was good to say it's going to get better, and she's implying that this is for a short season. But what she doesn't say, she doesn't answer the two questions that I would have if I was one of those employees. They're asking, how will it get better? When will it get better? See, as the leader, when you're having a company-wide meeting and, 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 and what people are stinging from is that they didn't get their bonus, and you just quickly... You're just focused on what we control. Good. That's great. But what is it that they can control? Well, she kind, of out, she kind of outlines it, but their questions must be answered. She needs to go further and go, based on where we are now, the strategies and, 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 and decisions that we're making today and in the near future, we believe that this, 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 and this will allow us to climb out. That's the how will it get better. Give them something they can see tactically. This is what we're doing to make it better. 
Then she needs to say, and we anticipate, can't control this, but we anticipate that in quarter X of next year or to whatever. But you've got to be able to tell people what specifically you're doing to get out of the hole before you tell them to buck up. That's essentially what she says. Now, here's what makes it even worse. What she really did poorly is that she didn't announce that she was going to forego her bonus or that she was going to pay her sizable bonus back. According to reports, um, she gets a base salary of $1.1 million. I got no problem with that. Executives make big money. I get it. I have no problem with that. But in addition, she gets a $3.9 million bonus. Okay? In perks and rewards. So if you are going to hold back everybody else's bonus, as a leader, you should step up to the line and go, by the way, I know that this has been bad news and unfortunate, but I am also with withholding my bonus as well, or I have paid the bonus back. That's the least I can do. Now, they're still going to go, well, you make $1.1 million, but it doesn't matter. You have got to step in, and you have to take a hit too. It's like the general trying to lead people into battle going, hey, everybody else get on the front lines. None of your leaders are going to be there with you. We're just going to be back here in the tents monitoring the situation. Go. Fight. Give us everything you got. Win the battle. (laughs) Go, go. And you're not going to lead them into battle? It's ridiculous. Well, she uh, circulated a written apology after this thing went bananas. She goes on to say, I want to be transparent and empathetic. Well, you weren't transparent and you weren't empathetic before. So now you're going to do it in a written statement. As I continue to reflect on this sentence, I feel terrible that my rallying cry seemed insensitive. Seemed? It didn't seem insensitive. It was awfully insensitive. What I hoped would energize the team to meet a challenge we've met many times before landed a way that I did not intend. And for that, I'm sorry. But again, nothing in here about forfeiting her own bonus. She just says, you're not going to get a bonus, and now she's going to give you a nicely written apology. I don't buy it. It's terrible leadership. You're a hypocrite. Your little, quote, pity city is going to turn into quitty city. That's what's going to happen. You're going to lose people, ma'am, because you didn't own it after you screwed it up. Pity city. It's pathetic leadership. It's hypocritical. It's not leadership. It's nanny ship. All right, folks, welcome back to the Ken Coleman Show. I know uh, that you're listening or watching this show because there's a gap between where you are and where you want to be. I don't know if that's just financial. I don't know if that's uh, professional or you're just trying to figure out what it is you want to do with your life, but I can tell you that life is too short to spend another day wondering what am I supposed to do with my life? How do I do it? When do I do it? How do I get there? I mean, this is about truly deciding to live the life that you want. One of the greatest regrets of those who are on their deathbed, of the top 10, one of them is, 
I regret that I did not choose to live the life that I desired. And that means the, what you're doing for work, how you're doing it, where, how much you're making, what kind of freedom does it bring in your life? Folks, that's why I'm here. That's why we launched our breakthrough events. And uh, we had an amazing night the other night in Kansas City. Uh, packed, packed uh, theater. It's only 200 seats, and we're doing this on purpose. It was intimate. And I got to tell you, there was a moment in the night where I was coaching a single mom who's working crazy hours, just been through an abusive marriage and divorce, found out she was pregnant with the deadbeats child, and needed a release. Ken, I, 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 I need help. I'm working crazy hours, but I want to do this. And so as we walked through it, we coached her up, we helped her. But then I stopped, and I said, I believe there's some people in this room that were touched by this sweet lady's story. And I believe that you want to walk alongside of her, and I'm telling you, you need to. So tonight, I want you, those of you who feel touched, that feel like you know her story or you can help her in her story, I want you to connect with her. And Alex, I haven't told you this, a lady stood up immediately, five rows back, tears coming out of her eyes. She goes, I was her five years ago. I got through it. And he and she looked at her and she goes, I'm going to walk through this with you. Then another lady stood up and said, my granddaughter just went through this two years ago. You can do it. I'm going to be your support. And so we had two women step up right in the mall. I still got goosebumps, right? I got goosebumps talking about it. It was a special, special night. We also had another air, retiring Air Force engineer stood up. And Alex, you know the question that he asked me. He said, I'm retiring after 20 years, and I don't know what I can do out there. And we've talked to so many military men and women and say, you've got skill and experience to transfer. And so I coached him up a little bit. And I said, you know what? I'm telling you right now, there's opportunity for you as an engineer. And this is coming after the single mom. And a guy stands up. Another guy stands up. He goes, I work for Honeywell right here in the area, and we are dying to get engineers. Sir, I'd like to talk to you after the event. Then another lady stood up and said, she yelled out her company, and it wasn't audible. And she goes, we're hiring engineers. And this was all happening. I got goosebumps again. This is all happening in a room of 200 people, the career breakthrough event. So here's the deal. If you want to join a, a crowd like that, because everybody there was hungry. And we had people standing up, shouting out, saying, I'm going to help you. I'm going to walk alongside of you. It was so great. I want you to join us. We still have three events left. Chicago on May 16th. Atlanta, May 18th. And Dallas, Texas, May 23rd. We still have room in all those venues. They're a little bit bigger uh, than the Kansas City venue, so we've got room. And uh, this may be an event for you or for a friend or family member. Uh, tickets start at just 50 bucks. It's a game-changing, life-changing event, I promise you. KenColeman.com slash events to get your ticket or buy a ticket for somebody. Kid graduating from college doesn't know what to do because here's what I do. I speak for a small amount of time about the breakthrough formula and how to get it, how to use it. But then we take questions from the crowd, and it's magical. So there it is, KenColeman.com slash events. So excited about that. Would love to see you in Chicago, Atlanta, or Dallas. Logan joins us right here in our backyard, Nashville, Tennessee. Logan, you're on the Ken Coleman Show. Hi, Ken. How are you? I'm living the dream, Logan. What's up? Uh, I'm I'm better than I deserve. Uh-oh. All right. I've heard that a few times. <laughs> What's going on? Uh, well, um, so I'm in a stage in my life where um, basically I'm looking for that uh, next career move yep. that is going to be uh, the right thing for me. So a little bit about me. I was a self-employed musician right here in Nashville from 
uh, mainly from 2015, and then the pandemic hit. So I took a job driving Amazon vans, which I did off and on for, um, uh, well, two stints, I should say, for the last couple of years. And last year, um, and of course, basically ever since I got married in uh, October 2021, I kind of figured out last year, like, okay, I'm not looking for a job here. I'm looking for the next career move because, and, and I loved being a self-employed musician, but the grind downtown and everything just kind of caught up to me. And, um, and I still, you know, love doing it. It's just more of a side venture, but, um, now one of, one of the career choices that I'm looking to get in involves a current part-time job that I'm working. I work for UPS and, always wanted to get on board as far as a driver, but it's kind of like, it's sort of like playing a lottery a little bit. You got to win a bid and then uh, there's other steps, but I've okay. also considered trades like electrical, HVAC, welding. And so what's your question? Looking, what are you wrestling? Well, well, my question to you is how do I go about finding the right trade for me because right now it's kind of like I'm driving I'm driving myself crazy as far as like okay um, these trades they look good but like which one's which one's the best for me and yeah this is great go this is great this is what do we do yeah. at my career breakthrough events what we do on the show so the formula for breakthrough is clarity leads to confidence and confidence leads to courage okay so clarity yes this is what I teach with yes. the assessment the get clear assessment mm-hmm. okay so what are you good at what are you best at doing and so you, 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 if you don't take the assessment, you still got to go through this exercise. So if, let's just take, right. let's take electrical and HVAC. Are you talented mm-hmm. at things, fixing things, analyzing, breaking them down, putting them back together? Is that something that you're good at? Yes or no? Um, it's something I don't necessarily have experience with, but I have fixed things. I didn't ask you if you had experience. I said, do you have raw yeah. talent in those areas, knowing that if I teach you how to fix an HVAC system, that you could do it. Do you have that talent? Yes or no? Uh, no, not currently. We're, we're not connecting. I'm saying, are you a yeah. handy guy? Are you handy? Yeah. You fix stuff pretty easily around the house? Always been pretty good at that kind of stuff? Uh, getting better, yes. Okay, all right. <laughs> so we got to determine, my man, Could do yeah. you have the raw talent to be an electrician? So... So what talents do electricians need? So this is where you take my book, The Proximity Principle, and you go, and I'm going to give you this book, by the way, and you go hang out with some electricians. You go hang out with some HVAC guys, and you go, hey, what are the bottom of the of the shelf talents I got to have? And they'll tell you. Now, you can go get skill, but skill can only come from talent. Here's what I mean. You're a musician. I am not. Yes. I cannot be a world-class musician because I don't have enough talent. Would you agree mm-hmm. with that? I agree with no that. No amount yeah. of guitar lessons and voice lessons are going to make me world class because I don't have enough talent. So you're right, you're right, yeah. now he's now he's with me. So we got to have core competency that can then be trained. In other words, honed to get a great skill. All right. So then you start asking. All right, let's talk about passion. Do I love fixing stuff? putting stuff together, wiring it. Do I like seeing something that's incomplete become complete? Do I like fixing stuff? Got to answer those questions. Right. And then you got to go, what results matter to me? So if you were to take the get clear assessment, you'd want to see achievement, 
come out. You'd want to see uh, efficiency, you know, that kind of stuff come out because then you go, I care about process and efficiency and getting stuff marked off the list. And so you walk through all these different trades and you go, do I have the talent? Meaning, am I good at it? Or could I be really good at it? And do I enjoy this type of work? And do the results matter to me? Am I going to be really satisfied at the end of the day getting up inside an HVAC system underneath a crawl space in awful situations all to know that I just made someone's life way better because of their heat and their air? These are the conversations you've got to have. So the proximity principle says, in order to do what I want to do, i got to get around people that are doing it in places where it's happening. So for you right now, let's say you got three or four trades that are at the top of your list. Go hang out with people that are in those trades. Ask them everything. Hang on the line. I'm going to give you my book, The Proximity Principle. I'm also going to give you my Get Clear Career Assessment, which will help you walk through what I just gave you. Appreciate the call, Logan. This is The Ken Coleman Show. Press on. Thanks for listening to The Ken Coleman Show. For more, you can find the show on demand wherever you listen to podcasts and watch the show on YouTube. You can also find Ken across all social media by following at Ken Coleman.